Can you keep a secret? Today we're going to talk about security on uh, this episode of Taste of Premier, and I'm in one of the most secure places in the world, Area 51. Their badges are made of metal. Hey guys, and welcome to the show. Um, it's early here, as you can tell. The sun is coming up behind me, and I have two esteemed guests today. I've got Jonathan Sheckman. Jonathan, how you doing? I'm well, Lex. How are you? I'm doing good, man. And I am welcoming back the one, the only Chris Ayers. Chris, what's <laughs> up, man? Yes, very well. Thanks, Lex. How's it going with you? It's going good. It's going good. And you're in the UK today? I am indeed. I'm, I'm in my home office today. So, uh, yeah, up in, in sunny Blackpool, as you can probably see, the sun's coming through the window. So, yeah, I'm not sure you, you would have heard of Blackpool, though, right? So Blackpool's uh, uh, it's a UK seaside town. Oh, I thought that was like a Game of Thrones region or something. <laughs> yeah, we're north of the wall. So Yeah, uh, north yeah. of the wall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny thing about Chris, when he's in the UK, he's got a British accent. But he, when, when he comes to the US, it completely disappears. You think he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> So, Jonathan, man, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. A little early here, but I am psyched to do this. And uh, and thanks for having me, Lex. It is. I think you're in the same time zone I'm in right now. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. But it's good to get a good good early jump on things. Yeah. So enjoy it. Let's talk about you know what's new in credential theft. Yep. So we have got um, we've got some things to share around uh, credential theft, around credential mitigations that Premier can help customers with. We've got some uh, new ways to think about uh, our role as defenders, as well as some overviews of some of the more recent attack technology and what, what's out there uh, that we need to be aware of as defenders. So lots of good stuff this morning. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's cool. And you're going to show us some, you're going to give us some demos, right? Absolutely. I've got some, some decks to go through which give uh, a really nice overview of, of the credential thefts out there, uh, the, the attack landscape, as well as the mitigations that, um, that we, we have to tee up and sort of offer. So this is essentially the part of our talk where we'll talk about why credential theft is such a pertinent topic for us as defenders, and it is wildly successful and wildly devastating. Um, and I want to consider some, some sobering statistics to share with you this morning. So beginning out, 146 is the median number of days that attackers reside in a victim's network before detection. So after the initial breach and after an initial foothold is successful in an environment, then around 150 days, 146 days, is how long an attacker is usually in the environment. So they're there a really long time um, and can do a lot of damage during that period. 80, in 81% of breaches, the affected organization didn't detect the breach themselves, but were notified by others. This is typically a vendor. This is somebody else that comes in and notices something that's strange. Maybe this is something to look at. Something just doesn't look right, and then it's discovered that way. In 60% of breaches, attackers were able to compromise an organization within minutes. So we'll talk about what this looks like in the time from initial breach to full-on compromise, you know, just over half the time. Um, we only had a few minutes to react and to disrupt the attacker's plans. So this is something that we need to be ahead of before the initial attack starts. And finally, 3.8 million U.S. dollars is the average cost of a data breach uh, to a company in 2014. So these are obviously very expensive, very uh, damaging to reputations of companies and something that we, we obviously don't ever want to have happen. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing that first statistic, 146 days, so almost half a year undetected. Absolutely. And if you know something about attackers who know what they're doing, 146 seconds or milliseconds is, is typically enough to do damage, let alone 146 days. Yeah, absolutely. So the frequency of cyber attacks is increasing, as is their effectiveness. So specifically, I want to urge you to think about cybercrime as an economy and attackers like defenders as rational economic actors. So what this looks like is that if I'm an attacker and I have a simple mathematical formula that's sort of intuitive, right? If I can take my gains per use times my opportunities to use and subtract my cost, which is the cost to acquire a vulnerability and the cost to weaponize, I get a return on investment, right? Again, think of attackers as rational economic actors. I want to do something, whether I want to make money, I want to disrupt a business, maybe I want to, um, to disrupt a political process. Whatever it is, I have a return on investment. And what that looks like after you do some math is that the attacker's estimated return on investment tends to be a staggering 1,400%. And that's far, um, far outpaces most any other industry that we see it's on par with something like the global drug trade. So this is very successful, very high rate of return. So it's not just about generating chaos inside an organization. It's about actually making money. It can be, absolutely. Can be a bit, can, and it can be about making, uh, making chaos. But either, either way, the point here is that there is a specific return on investment. I have, to, I have to spend money to do something, and then I get my return. And the difference or the delta there is what my return on investment is. Wow. Yeah, it's rather staggering. Um, and what this looks like, and one of the points I'll drive at in a minute, is that the attacks tend to be very commodity and that there's a very known playbook where many of these attacks happen. So, for example, if I can develop one attack and I can reuse it again and again and again, my return on investment shoots way up as opposed to an attack that I can use one time. Now, if you're that one organization that requires that multi-million dollar investment, then maybe, um, maybe that's a worthwhile return on investment. For the rest of us, there's commodity attack. Okay, let's look at a very high-level overview of what's called the three-pronged attack. And we see this quite, quite often. Um, the Verizon DBIR last year called 2016 the year of the three-pronged attack. And that means it's not necessarily a new kind of attack, but it does mean that it has grown um, exponentially in popularity and success. So beginning out, anytime you see a guy wearing a hat, especially if he has glasses in Microsoft iconology, he's usually a bad guy. That's just yeah. sort of something to note, right? <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty bad. shady to me. <laughs> he sure is. So let's look at the concepts behind how this kind of attack actually yields a really high return on investment. So three-pronged attack often begins with a phishing-style attack, right? I land an email inside an organization. Then malware is, is commodity or low effort, um, low to no cost. Think of compromise as a service on the dark web, or think of tools like Mimikatz and Metasploit, easily downloadable, require almost no investment and no knowledge to necessarily run. And then credential theft and reuse. I steal something. Maybe it's a Kerberos token. Maybe it's an NTLM hash. I steal some port of part of an identity, and I can reuse that throughout the organization. That's how companies are compromised again and again and again. Mm. What that looks like a little bit lower down, um, and I really like this graphic for a number of reasons. We spend some time on research and preparation. 
Then this yellow area is where we'll spend some time talking today. 24 to 48 hours is typically the time between the first host is compromised, the first time a person clicks on a spear phishing email, let's say, and the time a domain admin is compromised and we have a complete forest compromise in the making or, or actually having already occurred. This yellow time is much of the time that defenders have to break this model. What this leads to is what we call the defender's dilemma. What this means is the defenders have to be right every time, everywhere, and forever. But as attackers, I only have to be right once in order to breach that defense. So part of what we're driving at here is the traditional defenses, if you think of them as a perimeter wall or perimeter security, are unsuccessful because they're almost always breached once. So we have to start to change our mindset. What that looks like a little bit is this. Um, security used to mean digging deeper um, for a trench or building a bigger wall. And for many years, this was the mindset known as perimeter security. But by way of metaphor, this is Bamberg Castle in Northern England. For two centuries, it was considered completely impregnable. impregnable. Then in 1464, something happened. And what that thing was, was that the Earl of Warwick brought something new to the, the, the castle. He brought a cannon and the walls came tumbling down point is here that old defenses were no match for new technologies and new attacker strategies. And by way of metaphor, so it goes with cybersecurity. Our old defenses simply don't keep up with new attacks. So we have to change our mindset. Part of the mindset I'm driving here is that there's no secure trusted network any longer. Attackers will breach the perimeter. It's not to say perimeter security isn't important. It's to say it's not enough. As I said, it's therefore an insufficient condition alone for its success. We have to start to think in different ways. Which means that identity, in fact, is the new perimeter. The thing that I want to protect in my organization is identity, specifically the identities that matter. Assume breaches become the new mindset. I have to assume that I will have breaches in my environment, and what I want to do is contain. Strategy being containment and not, not solely prevention. So what are the new security realities? A couple of things we want to do. Specifically, we want to change the defender's dilemma to an attacker's dilemma. We want to ruin the attacker's economic model by closing the doors that we know they use, specifically by securing credentials and credential theft. We want to break the known attack playbook, which we'll talk about more in a little while. We want to rapidly um, respond and recover. Remember, early detection here becomes key. So we want to break the known attack book, ruin the, econo- ec- the attacker's economic bot- model, and rapidly respond and recover. And we want to eliminate other attack vectors. So it's a multi-pronged approach, a very rational um, approach toward defense that ruins the attacker's economic model, makes it more, impo- more difficult and more expensive for them to do business. One way to begin thinking about this is the assume breach mindset, and I like this passage a lot. So a few years ago, James Comey said that there are two kinds of big companies in the U.S. There are those who've been hacked and those who don't know they've been hacked. Hmm. So as as we understand that, we begin to think about the assume breach mindset. If I assume I'm attacked and I assume I can't trust any of my endpoints that are sitting on the Internet, it means I react a a whole lot of different ways means I don't expose my credentials to the endpoints, for example. My domain admin accounts are never exposed to my endpoints um, that access the internet, those sorts of ideas. Right. Finally, if I protect my paper clips and diamonds with equal vigor, I'll soon have more paper clips and fewer diamonds. And that's attributed to Dean Rust, the former U.S. Secretary of State. 
Now, Dean Rust died in 1994, and he wasn't specifically talking about cybersecurity, but he might have been because um, here the paper clips are, are our assets that we can stand to lose. It's not ideal, but we can stand to lose them. And diamonds are our credentials that matter, that if we lose a domain admin account, for example, we've really lost the house. We've lost our diamonds. Right. And we do this clips. And paper clips <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> we do this by protecting what matters. So essentially, that's the why. Why credential theft matters, followed by the what, what we can start doing about it. And here's where we can talk in more detail about how Premier can help customers protect their most valuable assets, um, along with my colleague, Chris Ayers. Chris Ayers. So, hey, Chris, so how can Premier help? Yeah, so what we've got in, in uh, uh, Premier, as we say in the UK, rather than Premier, so I do apologize for my pronunciation <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, but as, as, as we've got in Premier support in, 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 across, across Microsoft, we've got the Pop Slam offering, which is securing lateral account movement or securing against lateral account movement, as, as we should say. Um, so this is a three-day offering where uh, a Microsoft engineer like myself or John can come on site, and we can teach you in a lot more detail about credential theft how attackers get in, really drill, drill deep down into, uh, into, into the attacker's playbook, and then we can talk about what mitigations that you can implement um, as, as an organization to protect yourselves against these types of uh, pervasive attacks as well. Yeah, and so, you know, one thing I want to mention really quickly is that we've done a Pop Slam episode before, and I want to point out that this is not the same old Pop Slam. This is a new and much improved Pop Slam. Indeed, indeed it is, yeah. So we, we've recently um, updated, um, so myself and John were involved in the updates to the, uh, to the offering, and we've really uh, sort of dug quite deep now into some of the new features we've got in the operating system. So we, you know, we're talking about what's, what's new in, in, in Windows 10 and Windows 2016, and, and looking a lot wider than just sort of past the hash, really. So we, we're looking a, a lot wider in terms of how organizations can put those baseline security requirements in place while leveraging some of the Microsoft te technology there. So we've done a lot of work in bringing it up to date, really, uh, and, and, and sort of keeping in line with the current threats. One of the other things we've done as well is we've created a new PowerShell module. Um, so the PowerShell module allows us to automate a lot of the implementations of the mitigations also. Um, so that's something that, that, that's new, and maybe I can do a demo of that um, uh, afterwards as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's probably worth um, mentioning some of the improvements we've made in the operating system. So I assume a lot of the viewers um, of this uh, this webcast will have will have maybe heard of some of these features. But you know we have made as Microsoft huge investments within the Windows platform to to help help mitigate and help protect our customers from some of these threats. So as an example, in Windows 10, this is not you know a, a cutting edge uh, new feature because it's been out for for a little bit of time now. But we've got the credential guard feature. So Credential Guard was, was added um, when Windows 10 was released, and this is a, a feature which helps, uh, helps us protect in-memory credentials from, from being stolen. So that thing that John mentioned earlier on about attackers, um, you know, once they get in, one of the things they will do is they will go to steal credentials from a machine, and when they steal those credentials, they will use them to move deeper and deeper in the network, and ultimately they'll, they'll escalate and, and, and look, to, look to compromise a domain administrator credential. So Credential Guard helps us to protect those in-memory credentials. It's not a panacea for security. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, uh, it's not like a patch where we can stop this thing from happening, but it does raise the bar somewhat. So that return on investment that, that John was uh, mentioning uh, in, in his presentation, we want to make it a lot more difficult 
and uh, a lot more costly for attackers to, to, to use that playbook, as, as John mentioned. So credential guard's one of those features. Um, we've also got device guard, which is um, in, in Windows 10 and also Windows 2016. And this is um, like an application whitelisting solution, if you want to think of it like that. Um, but the way it's implemented, it's, um, it makes it a lot more robust and a lot harder for attackers to, to bypass those, those policies. So that's some of the, the sort of base operating system features which have been added. We've also, in Windows, uh, sorry, in Windows 2016, we've got um, some Active Directory features, which, again, help us to, to implement some of these, um, these controls more robustly. So when we're talking about the mitigations for, um, mitigations for credential theft, one of the things we talk about is credential tiering um, and, where, and isolating where credentials are exposed. So one way we can do that is by leveraging some of the 2016 features. So we've got this notion now of a bastion forest where we can um, build out a separate, isolated Active Directory forest, implement Microsoft Identity Manager uh, on, on the 2016 platform, and then we can isolate where those high-privileged credentials are used and, and exposed, and we can do that using some of the technology that's built into to 2016. I mean, we could do it previously, but we've made it a lot easier now to do it, and we've made it a lot more fluid um, and, and the workflows around using those credentials are, are, are a lot uh, a lot more robust in yeah. doing that. So, so just another good reason people should get off of Windows 7 and Windows 8 and move to Windows 10. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. We, you know, we're making huge investments um, in, in, in from the company in, in security. So I'm not sure if, uh, if you know the statistic, but Microsoft invests about $1 billion a year in R&D for security research. So that's across all of our security um, um, our security platform, so for the cloud and, and, and on on-premise uh, on-premises um, solutions. So we make huge investments. We're spending a lot of money to, to to secure our platforms because these types of attacks and these these types of um, um, the, the, these types of malware and, and attacks coming in are so prevalent and so easy for the attackers to do. You know, we're, we're making these investments to try and uh, try and resist resist these uh, the, these attacks for sure. So yeah, we're spending a lot of money to help protect our customers. So I think a lot of people have seen the first episode, at least I, I hope you have. Um, and uh, so they probably have a, a, a decent understanding of exactly what the PopSlam offering is, but, but this is kind of a new offering. So Jonathan, can you talk to us a little bit about you know, what's in the new offering? Sure, thanks Lex. So in the new offering, we offer several sets of broad mitigations that make it much more difficult for attackers to move laterally throughout the environment and to successfully combine these sorts of attacks, um, which can be so devastating. So we teach you how to do what's called credential partitioning, where we set up the tiers from the dyad model, tier 0, tier 1, and tier 2 that you may have heard about, or that folks watching may have heard about, um, so that we, uh, we carve the environment into some logical tiers that help us to understand the different rules of accounts in the environment. Then we restrict local administrator accounts from moving around the network in several ways. We help by implementing random and unique passwords by using the LAPS tool, the local administrator password solution. We use the Windows firewall to block inbound communication. And we do several other mitigations to help slow down that lateral attack and make it much more likely that we will detect the attacker before they're in the environment for 146 days in which they can do such devastating damage. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, okay, so Chris, I think you've got uh, a, a demo for us. 
Yeah, so I think uh, I'll give you a sneak peek, uh, give the viewers a sneak peek into uh, the, the, the new PowerShell module that we've created also. Okay, so what we've got here is just a, uh, a domain controller running Windows Server 2012 R2, and I just want to show you um, some of the work that's been done with the PowerShell here. Um, so what, what's happened is um, my colleagues created a PowerShell module, and the module includes all of the uh, commandlets to, to create the dyad structure that John mentioned and to implement some of the, the, the groups and OU structure there. Um, so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to import the module. So I've already copied it over. Um, so if you know anything about PowerShell, we have to copy the module over into a specific uh, location. And I'm going to load the module from there. Um, so the module is just called SLAM. And I'm going to um, just force it into memory. And then also, if I do a um, verbose as well, we can just see what's happening there. So as I run that, you can see that on the screen here, we, we're loading the PowerShell module, and we've got some commandlets and some, some functions which have been added. So I can just quickly view what those are. If I do a uh, get um, command, uh, get command, and look at the module there for slam, and then we can see we've got these, these uh, PowerShell commandlets that we can run. So the way that it's been put together is we can actually run these individually, these, these commandlets individually, or we've got one overarching um, master commandlet which will do everything at once. So I'm just, for, for, the, for brevity and for time's sake, I'm just going to run the overarch, uh, overarching one, which is yeah. uh, start-slam-master-create. Uh, so what start-slam-master-create will do is it will run each of these individual commandlets and functions in, in the specified order that, that they need to be running and create all of the, um, all of the OU structure, some groups, uh, and also some group policies which we use to enforce some of the credential theft mitigations. So as so a rule, we're, we're actually, we're actually going to create Active Directory objects? Uh, yes, it does create Active Directory objects. So it's probably worth mentioning, actually, before, we, um, b before I show you this, is um, the, the, the SLAM offering, it's only a three-day offering um, where we yeah. come on site for three days. So what we, what we don't expect is that we're going to come on, on site and do a full production deployment of, of credential theft mitigations because, you know, that takes a lot of planning and a lot of time. So the real sort of value of this engagement and, and the real focus of it is to come in and, and do the education part. So teach customers, you know, in, in great detail about how the attackers get in and what we mentioned before. Um, but then also set up a proof of concept environment so that they can use this, um, this environment to then test out the mitigations and test out how they can then build it out into their live environments. Uh, of course, Premier can always come in and, and, and do custom engagements to help customers even further. But the SLAM offering is very much geared towards um, doing that, that proof of concept and, and, and building this out with the customer so they can get a real good feel for, well, you know, this is the problem we've got with credential theft, but how do we fix it? These are the mitigations. All right, now I understand it, how, I, how I can implement those mitigations. So the, 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 the commandlet's got some switches to add here. So um, we're just putting my domain name. So my domain uh, is, uh, of course, contoso.com, as it is in, in every Microsoft uh, presentation and, and, and demonstration. Yeah. And uh, we've also got uh, a dash POC switch here. So this is just really um, to, to denote that what we're doing here is going to be a proof of concept deployment. Um, we don't have to do the POC switch, but it just changes the name of some of the OUs, OUs that, there. That's, that's awesome that we actually have a POC switch. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, I'm going to put it on verbose as well so we can just see, see what's happening there. So as I press enter, 
Um, it's just telling me now that it's run these commandlets before because this is a test environment that I've been using. Um, so it's just it knows that this these commands have already been run. So it's asking me, do I want to run them again? Because um, potentially I've already I've already been through and, and run through some of that. So I'm going to answer yes to that question. And then we can see it starts running through and it does a, a myriad of things here. So it's going to import some of the um, PowerShell modules for Active Directory. It's then going to create some OUs. It's going to create some groups. It's going to create a couple of users. It also creates group policies um, as well. And the group policies are the, the key pieces um, that we have for implementing the mitigation. So when we're talking about um, um, restricting local accounts, as John mentioned, then LAPS is what we use there. So we've got a LAPS GPO. We've also got restricting and protecting high-privileged credentials. And the way we do that is through the credential partitioning slash uh, credential tiering. Um, so what we do there is we implement some OUs and some group policies to restrict where privileged credentials can log on to. And I can quickly show you that. Uh, and then also some of the firewall stuff as well. So we've got Windows Firewall, which is um, um, nobody seems to use. And this is one of the things that we want to push with, with, with SLAM and credential theft mitigations is um, enabling the firewall is a very, very powerful way to restrict lateral movement within a network if it's implemented correctly. And, um, you know, not many organizations use the Windows firewall, or if they do use it, they don't use it very effectively. So this is one of the things that we want to get across um, with this offering as well, as, well as um, uh, you know, implementing the Windows firewall. So that's Absolutely. now finished. Yeah. Yeah. So, as, so hang, hang on just a second. So I have a question for you. So all we're doing sure, here yeah. is creating the objects at this point. Indeed, yeah. 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 So we're creating the yeah. objects, and we're creating some group policies as well, and I can show you that. Okay. There you go. So um, what we've got then is if I go into Active Directory and then yeah. I have to do a, a refresh here, we can see I've now got a new top-level OU, which is SLAM Proof of Concept. And then as we dig into that, we've got a, a, a whole host of sub-organizational units as well. So what we've done, and um, viewers might not be aware, but Microsoft have got a reference, uh, a reference Active Directory structure for this, which we call the Dyad model, or Design, uh, Design and Implement Active Directory, uh, I think it stands for. Yep. Uh, and this Dyad structure is a, um, like a reference for how we do privileged account management, delegation, and, con and control within an environment. And this maps to a lot of the, the guidance we publish on TechNet as well. So we've got some great guidance on TechNet on the Secure and Privileged Access Roadmap, um, so aka.ms forward slash privsec. On that website, um, we've got a whole host of guidance and, 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 and blueprints for how people can implement things like privileged workstations and, and so on. And we've mapped a lot of that guidance into, uh, into this PowerShell module, so we're, we're helping customers actually implement that now. So underneath the proof of concept, SLAM proof of concept OU, we've got our admin organizational units here. And then subordinate to that, we've got tier zero, tier one, and tier two. So we've not really fleshed out what, what they are, but this is how we implement credential tiering. So tier zero are what we would class as being top tier uh, credentials or systems which house and use those top tier credentials. So think domain admin, enterprise admin, so active directory basically. Um, so domain controller and credentials. So um, you know your domain admins and enterprise admins would sit in that, that OU. Then we've got our tier one credentials, and the tier one credentials are those credentials which provide access to um, servers and infrastructure boxes within, within the network, which don't provide um, that broader access. So if I can compromise a domain controller or a domain admin, I can compromise the entire environment, right? So they are by far the, 
the most um, privileged credentials, enterprise admins, domain admins, and public key infrastructure servers as well sit, sit in tier zero. Tier one are more like your server administrators, and then tier two are more like your desktop administrators. Um, so we break it down into these three tiers. Uh, and again, we sort of, um, we've got quite a lot of detail on this on the TechNet website that I referred to. So we build out this OU structure here, and then underneath that, let's take tier two as an example. So with SLAM, tier two is, is one of the main focuses, um, because this is where we're looking at implementing um, a lot of the credential theft mitigation, so the firewall and, um, and also um, restricting and protecting the local accounts and the domain accounts. We want to prevent domain administrators from logging on to, um, to, to desktop machines, to, to what we would class as untrusted machines. Remember that assumed compromise uh, mindset that John was referring to in the presentation. So we, we're assuming that if it's touched the internet, that it's already been compromised. So, um, you know, we want to prevent our privileged credentials from logging on to there. So we do that by, um, by, by segregating it out into these tiers. So we build this, this OU structure out. Um, what I would say is, I'm not going to go into too much detail uh, now in, in terms of the further, uh, further OUs there, because um, this is something we would drill into in, in the SLAM offering. Um, but one other thing we do do is, if I come into my group policy objects and I give that a refresh, you can see I've now got um, these group policies which have been created, these tier two dash policies here. So what these group policies will do is enable us to enforce some of those credential theft mitigations against, uh, against that new OU structure. So as an example, we've got the user rights assignment here. And if I have a quick look at the settings within the user rights assignment, I can drill down into that. And we can see we've got these deny logon policies here. So deny access to this computer from the network, uh, deny logon as a batch job, deny logon as a service. And we can see that we've got privileged groups listed in there. So enterprise admins, domain admins, and then also um, you know, tier two administrators as well. So, so we, we actually build out the OU structure. We build out some of the groups as well that we would use for this management. And then we also create the group policies to help us enforce some of those mitigations also. Um, and then we, we talk about restricted groups. These are effectively who are the local administrators um, on the tier two devices. So on our user desktop machines, who can manage those devices. Um, LAPS, so LAPS, um, and I think we, you probably spoke about previously, Lex, is yep. um, the local admin password solution. So this is Microsoft's tool for randomizing local admin passwords. So we've got a group policy in place to, um, to look at that. And then we've also got the firewall policies here as well. Um, so there's two policies there for the, for the firewall. And what we're looking at doing is locking the firewall down to prevent that lateral movement. So looking at blocking um, a lot of the inbound access to our tier two devices. Now, this is not something we can just go and switch on in a live environment. There's a little bit of work that needs to be done on top of that. And this is where we can come in with the SLAM offering and really discuss requirements with the customer, really flesh it out a little bit more and, um, and really sort of look at how they can start strategically enabling the firewall across across their environments. This is something we're, we're very keen on, on, on pushing there. Uh, and the other thing, just, just to sort of finish off, is um, using IPsec as well. So IPsec, we can use role-based network access control with, with IPsec to really lock down not only where traffic can come from in terms of trusted host into machines, but also um, who needs to be logged onto that machine in the first place to do it. So we can get really, really granular in terms of our network control. So putting all of these things together, and just to, to show you how we sort of link these things, putting all of these things together, we, we, we assign these group policies onto what would be 
our user machines. So if you think the user machines would sit in there, um, putting all of these policies together, we can really start to implement and build up that credential theft mitigation picture uh, and really help customers in, in locking down those um, those baseline, um, you know, putting in those baseline security um, uh, elements there as well. So uh, this is this is something that previously we would have had to have done manually and gone through painstakingly creating all of this. The PowerShell module now allows us to automate it, and then based on that, we can really work with the customer to start testing this stuff, showing them how it works, and really building it out, um, uh, you know, a, a lot more with them. So that's the idea of the offering now is to is to sort of um, and, you know, to automate a lot of this so we can come in and, and really spend time talking about this stuff and, and, and helping them um, look at how they can strategically implement it. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. So it looks like the only thing left to do is add resources. So in terms of, yeah, in terms of the, 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 the machines, absolutely. So, yeah. so what, we, what we do is we've got, we create some accounts, some demo accounts. Um, so these accounts would be used for just testing out the mitigations. What we don't do is drop in the computers. So what, what we right. would do in this instance is we would take a, a, a desktop machine in the environment, which is a test machine that the customer um, provides to us. And this could be in a test environment, by the way, or it could potentially be in the live environment, although there's some caveats around that. Um, we could then drop a, a test machine into this OU. So the, 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 the customer provides you know, a test laptop for us to use. And then we also provide a, uh, they provide a management machine also. And the management machine will drop into into the tier two um, devices there. Once they're in those OUs, um, so these are like live machines. Once they're in those OUs, then the group policies will apply, and we can just start demoing and going through what the credential theft mitigations are, um, and and really showing how it works in practice. Because that's one thing. You know, there's one thing talking about it and doing some PowerPoint and presentation, and there's another thing actually seeing how it works and how how an organisation can use this. Um, you know, within their, their their existing administration models. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the aim, really, and and that's what the the PowerShell modules get geared up to do. Um, I've only just really scratched the surface with it, to be honest. But it's just to give give a bit of a flavour in terms of you know where we've gone with um, the Pop Slam offering, how we've evolved it, and um, from from when you last spoke about it, uh, and and sort of where where the future is going to be with it as well. Well, guys, that was awesome. Thank you, Jonathan, and thank you, Chris. Thank you, Lex. Thanks for having me again, Lex. Yeah, anytime. Um, and I, I think you sent us some links. We're going to throw those up so that if people have any questions, they have a place to go um, and uh, and just, you know, get more information about the offering. Also, if you're a Premier customer, you can contact your technical account manager and they can help hook you up uh, with this offering as well. Highly recommended. Um, you know, without securing your assets, you really don't have anything. Um, and and that's that's the whole point of all of this, right? It's to keep things that that are important to your company secure and away from people that that want to do you harm. So uh, thanks again, guys. And I'm going to leave you with a uh, a shot of the Saturn V out there. I don't know if you can see it. Let me see if I can if I can get that in there. Can you see it? Yeah, we can see that. Yep. Yeah, so that's actually Space Camp. Uh, I lied in the beginning when I said I was in Area 51. Um, <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys, and that's your taste of Premiere. <laughs>